There it is. There it is. And uh, howdy, howdy. We're live, brother. <laughs> awesome, man. Sounds good. Yeah, man. Um, so howdy, howdy to our listeners. Today I have on a good friend of mine from college, uh, Justice Rogers. Justice, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much, man, for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. How's, uh, how's everything been? Where are you sitting right now? Right now, I'm sitting at my home, home office, rather, um, down here in Fallbrook. So just got off of work, came back from my second vaccination, and uh, fingers crossed, but I'm feeling fine. I know we were talking about you know, me being able to make the podcast um, in time, but it's great. It all worked out. Right. I'm glad to hear that you're feeling okay. Um, which, which one? Are you Team Pfizer or Moderna? <laughs> oh, man. Team uh, without getting too controversial so quickly, but uh, yeah, I ended up going going Pfizer on them. Um, yeah, that's what I did, and no complaints yet. I'm uh, right, right. Still functioning. I, um, see, personally, honestly, to me, it doesn't matter too much. Obviously, you're getting the vaccine and everything like that. Uh, but those there are those who are right and those who chose Moderna. You know, so uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're just gonna keep it. I didn't mean to get all the politics involved it's so early, but uh, I yeah. know our listeners are going to be like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So justice, um, you recently underwent a pretty big change in your life. Uh, you want to, want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So the pretty much the changes and just to give some context to everyone out there, um, graduated with you, you know, UCLA 2020 degree in economics. Yeah, Zoom um, class at university, or Zoom University, home of the laptops. Yes, sir. Um, that was fantastic, by the way. I really enjoyed um, all the econ classes with you. Um, but yeah, so directly after college, you can imagine like during COVID, right? In general, coming out of college is hard enough to find a job, but during COVID, mm-hmm. it's times 10. Um, so there was quite the process of, of different different avenues. So I had in my head management consulting because I feel like everybody in economics, that's just what they think is, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a consultant and nothing wrong with that. You know, it's a great career path. Um, so I tried for that and I, I really did give it my all. I would say I, I think I applied to around 35 different firms, got an interview at one of them and unfortunately didn't get it. So, hey, instead of, uh, you know, being an ostrich and putting my head in the sand, I'd figure I'd, you know, toughen up and make some make some you know different changes um but i think we'll touch on this later it ended up working out for the best and i honestly believe that because um so directly after the management consulting phase i went into finance so that was like my first job that i landed right out of college mm-hmm. it's an mm-hmm. uh, analyst job for a financial technology company out here in san diego out of curiosity, what it. was it that kind of made it, you know, you're chasing management consulting, which by the way, you hit the mm-hmm. nail on the head. Everybody at UCLA, you're going <laughs> yeah. for management consulting. Um, exactly. And so what kind of made it like, oh, let's go to finance. Did you have a previous interest there or? For sure. Yeah, good question. All of my previous internships were in finance, like, you know, freshman through senior year. Um, I was a wealth management intern at Wells Fargo Advisors. Um, so I wasn't necessarily extremely passionate about that, but somehow that's what my experience, you know, that's what I did during my summer. So I found it a lot more, um, you know, streamlined to get a job in that space in regards, in comparison to uh, management consulting. Right. So, you're, so your entire past kind of just pointed in this direction. So you're like, exactly. let's go along with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, not to say it was the most passionate and fulfilling pass, which I'm sure we'll touch on in, in the future <laughs> um, of this podcast. But yeah, that's where, nevertheless, that's where my experience aligned. And sure enough, who would have thought that's where I got a job where my experience <laughs> was. So, <laughs> who would yeah. have thought that the experience has led straight there? I know. I was so surprised. But um, anyways, I was really grateful for that, honestly. You know, after all that rejection and, you know, keep on persevering and just being able to get a solid paying job out of college during COVID was, you know, it was good. And even though it wasn't the greatest gig in the world and maybe six months down the line, I realized like it was definitely not for me. Um, you know, looking back on it, I think it was great um, because yeah, it, it, it just, it was just a great experience in terms of being able to, get the ball rolling in terms of financially being able to build up a nest egg mm -hmm. and you know while you're still figuring all this out right because everybody thinks you know you can get everything figured out you know when you're 18 you're going to college yeah you have your life figured out no that's not how it works for most cases right. uh, or at least for my case and i'm sure yours as well so so yeah out of I just, curiosity your mm -hmm. your entire life or you know your entire college career is kind of building mm -hmm. up on you know, you, you went for management consulting, management consulting kind of fell through. Nobody can yes. say that you didn't give it your all. And I remember during that entire time, just like rooting for you so heavy. Um, and like yeah, every I week we talk about like, okay, you're going for it. You're gunning for it. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of, of the work that you put in because Thank you, you literally Thank worked you. your butt off. And, you know, then you, your, your entire past, you're taking uh, finance jobs, you know, mm -hmm. and leading down this certain path. You finally go into finance and 16 months after you graduate college, literally what you've worked for for the last six or, you know, not 16 months, what you've worked for for the last four years, four plus yeah. years, you realize that you don't even want to do. What, what is that feeling like? Man, yeah, it's an interesting feeling for sure, because it kind of hits you like the ton, a ton of bricks, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. Um, because, yeah, just going back, you think you have everything figured out. Um, you know, everything is so linear, right? Where, you know, A plus B equals C, and you just got everything figured out ahead of time before it even happens. And um, it's just not the case. It really isn't. And mm. I think that we were talking about earlier how that led me into uh, real estate, actually. And I haven't right. mentioned that yet, have I? Yeah, no, no yeah. I haven't. I mean you can mention it as many times as you'd like. Um, we yeah. can do some editing if we need to. We can also just keep it raw. I'll send it to you at the end. Um, For sure. And most people have just been like, keep it raw. We're good. Um, yeah, I'm cool with leaving it raw. Yeah, but whatever you feel like you Pause. have to say. <laughs> like, remember, yeah. we're, we're here for you and I. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to learn your story. And absolutely, man. put it online. Good stuff. Well, let me say this. In regards to real estate, I actually did always have it in the back of my mind as being a part-time gig, like getting mm -hmm. my license, um, you know, having a job, something stable, and then on the side, like maybe, you know, doing a few transactions per year for fun, for supplementary income and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like through all that adversity, what I mentioned before, through, you know, trying for management, consulting, failing, um, landing a finance job, not being too happy with it, it's really frustrating and exhausting mentally and emotionally and it getting to that place actually allowed me to be really reflective and do some soul searching essentially mm -hmm. 
So, and uh, yeah. In in doing your soul searching, right? Like you you mentioned that it was kind of always there in the back of your mind. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we'll we'll dive more into exactly what it is in real estate that you do. Um, just yeah. I, I kind of want to take it a few steps back. How did real estate kind of spawn up? Like, right? You're you're lost. You're telling mm-hmm. you, you know you've been in this uh, you know 16 months on top of four years. I can do math. That's 40. You have 64 months. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you've yes. been doing a um, a job that is not really tickling your fancy. You know, you Mm-mm. like you said, it hit you like no. a ton of bricks. What was the moment like in which you? found or considered real estate you said it was always kind of there in the back of your mind but Mm -hmm. what brought it to the forefront yeah so it was always in the back of my mind probably because of my dad's background so he was a realtor for over a decade more on the Mm -hmm. investor side nowadays so that's kind of like what initiated the interest and then what sparked the interest and made it like just abundantly clear couple different things um one like i said during those times when things just weren't working I, it was just like almost like a a deductive process like, like okay if it's not this and this what is it and it start the light on the tunnel just started to open up in my head and things started to become more clear that like oh man like it actually is a completely different career path entirely and more importantly than the career path it's a different payment path which is something okay. big and something we should definitely talk about um, being UCLA graduates, because mm-hmm. I feel there's a large stigma around having a non-salary job graduating from a prestigious university. What right. are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I wholeheartedly agree. And you mm-hmm. know, there's something <clears throat> the economists and us are coming out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know I was listening to uh, NPR has a great podcast called Planet Money. Um, And for any of our listeners, if you're interested in economics, uh, like I know Justice and I are, check out Planet Money. It's amazing. Shout out to him. I'll definitely go on someday if you want me, guys. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I know that there is one episode in particular in which they were talking about the, the biggest issues in the American economy. And one of them was the idea that if you're using People are more likely to choose a job if they graduated mm-hmm. from college. People are more likely to choose a job that pays less, that requires a college degree, than a job that pays more and doesn't require a college degree, even if yeah. that job that pays more will have a, a better upside throughout the entirety of their life. Um, That's just amazing. Just the fact me. that they want to use it. And, um, so I agree. I think that maybe I don't even necessarily think that it's the stigma is external, right? I don't mm-hmm. think it's like Corey looking at justice and saying, yeah, looking down maybe a yeah, little bit, oh, not you specifically, but I'm sure there are, you know, some rather, you know, pretentious folks that you know look down on certain individuals because they don't have a solid base salary and they're working differently for their living. I don't know, but you, yeah, obviously I mean, not yourself. I don't think it's as common as uh, people give it credit for, like people. Mm-hmm. would think i think that mainly um it kind of comes internally and that we yeah. kind of have that because i think every single person is their own biggest critic um yeah and so i that think that true. people might think that i know that i've thought that before in considering different job choices to go into um mm-hmm. yet i've never been like oh well my cousin andy's a realtor like 
this. <laughs> right? I've never been like, yeah, oh, exactly. this guy's in sales and gets paid off a commission. Yeah, what a moron, huh? <laughs> right. So, like, I, I do understand what you're saying there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's certain. There is a little bit of a stigma that maybe it's just unspoken that everybody kind of feels on themselves. Yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely more internal than external. Mm-hmm. Um, the internal battles there are why the heck did I go to UCLA? Right, <laughs> that was right. the one. I mean, obviously, other than the great time, the solid safety net in terms of if crap hits the fan, you know, I can command a, a pretty decent salary at any point. You know, that is solid. That's a point that my parents made, and I agreed with them there. Um, but even then, it, it's still like at the back of your mind, you know, why, why were those four years handled that way? But honestly, I don't regret it. Um, it was a fantastic time, you know, while it lasted, flew by and um, right. yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, I, everybody says like, yeah, you exit college a lot smarter and whatever. I know for a fact, like those four years, like changed my brain chemistry. Like I just mm. know how to study better. I know how to speak better to people. I'm more present. Um, I just see the world differently. Like I'm like, I'm sure you kind of understand what I'm saying too, in terms of like how everything is just a system and they work in conjunction with each other. Like when I was like a kid, like 16, 17, I'm like, Oh, like a job, (laughs) you know, like, um, it's just the fact that, um, what am I trying to say here? So when you're a kid, you just think that like, you're going to get a job and then like you don't understand that like the person who's like supplying that job like is working under a company and then that company was created by a person who builds these systems and infrastructure like it's all human made like there's nothing like right intrinsic about it um mm-hmm. so and it's that all was there crazy. to serve either another human or another company that was made by a human mm-hmm. employs a bunch of human you know b2b or b2c yeah yeah i felt all throughout school and I'm actually thankful for UCLA for opening my mind, maybe not UCLA, but our economics department specifically um, mm-hmm. on, you know, growing up, middle school, high school, you kind of are conditioned to believe like anything other than um, a salary job is out of touch. Like, that's just like, oh, like, well, like who does that? Like, that's, that's impossible. But um, yeah, I really saw the possibilities there. Um, as I got older and, and that was really cool. Right. So I think that there's a couple really cool <clears throat> points to kind of touch on here. Um, mm-hmm. One in particular, you're talking about the fact that you went to school and one of the biggest questions that you're asking yourself is, gosh, darn it. Like I'm going into real realty, uh, mm-hmm. becoming a real estate agent. Really all I had to do was pass the test. I didn't have to mm-hmm. go to school. I didn't have to study for all of these years. So you're building up um, kind of, you know, the, the, the exit strategy is becoming more and more difficult to at least justify, right? It's still just yeah. as easy, easy to get that real estate degree um, or license if you yeah. went to college or you didn't. But now you've mm-hmm. got this big thing that says, I went to college. Do I really want to abandon this? Um, yes. You know, do I want to abandon all of that hard work? And, um, you know, which is interestingly enough, we're going into an economic theory here. Uh, basically, people are irrational. This is behavioral economics. Yeah. Everything comes back to <laughs> I remember um, this class with us. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, and so in, in making that decision, mm-hmm. 
how was it that you found, how did you justify to yourself overcoming that, right? This entire podcast is for people who want to make jumps and want to make leaps into fields that are outside of what they've done. So um, I've spoken with musicians. I plan on talking about people who have started companies, people who are leaving the positions that they're in, um, even if it's in the same industry, but they recognize this company isn't right, this one is, people who just want to mm-hmm. travel to new places. Um, how did you justify, I have all of this stuff built up. Yeah. But it, it's not quite tickling my fancy. What does that moment feel like? That's a great question. And before I answer that, let me just say this. I am not against a nine to five at all. Like, I, I don't want to be like one of those kids. It's like, oh yeah, you have a job. Like, no, I'm not right, against right. that at all. Uh, great case studies. My mom, for example, she has a nine to five. She mm-hmm. loves it. She's a people person. She's in human resources. She worked her way up. She got educated and now she's killing it you know, and she's at a nine to five and she's providing well for the fam. And that's just a case right there where I definitely believe that it's not so much of like a, like you have a job type deal. Like, no, no, no. Like that's, that's not it. Um, It's more as like, does what you're doing cater to your passions and preferences? That's really what I believe if I'm understanding what the podcast is about, right? Like just. Right. Right. Yeah. I have a a friend. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's all good. Um, but yeah, just, just doing what you're passionate about, whether it's a job, whether it's, I mean, like a nine to five job, a commission job, a, you know, something like a, if you have your own consulting company and it's like per, per transaction job, those sorts of mm-hmm. things, however you're getting compensated, just make sure you're doing what you want to do. Um, and before you, you go, let me answer your past question before I forget um on pretty much what was that that leap like and why um and why did you know that like this was the right move to do and forfeit you know your experience that you built up in university um so the short answer to that is i didn't know exactly i just had a hunch and what i mean by that if i can put a metaphor analogy on it is like you can feel really deep down. If you look at it, you can feel if the arrow is moving in the right direction. And what I mean by that is, for example, for me, I felt that real estate, getting my license, becoming a realtor, working with buyers, sellers, investors, that was in the right direction. Am I going to be in this exact same spot 10 years from now? Maybe, maybe not. Um, Who knows? Maybe I'll enjoy the development side, you know, at year two, and then mm-hmm. network with some builders. And then now I'm freaking Bob, <laughs> Bob the Builder five years right, from now, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, I don't know my exact path, but at each stage in your life, analyze your situation and then ask yourself, is the arrow moving in the, in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that, you know, it, it's cool that you bring it up and you simplify it in that way, because you're right. I think that it's really paralyzing for a lot of people who mm-hmm. want to take these big jumps and want to move into something else and they need to see X, Y, Z are mm-hmm. all in place. And how do you move if you can't say, X, how do you move from good position A to position B if X, Y, and Z aren't all in place? Well, yeah. you just know that that way is a little bit closer. And exactly. you know it might fall through, 
but you're, you know, you're, you're stagnant a step closer to where you want to be. Um, 100%. Kind of like so you I, with I really, this podcast right now, right? Like, what was that? I know, I said kind of like you with the podcast right now, right? Like, I know you're a talker, you love people, you love voicing your opinion. Um, audience, whoever's listening, in class, this guy was the first person, uh, the econ professor would ask the hardest question, he would not even hesitate, raise his hand and just answer it to perfection. So you're the guy that should be starting podcasts. And sure enough, that's probably what you do like right now, right? You felt that was a good decision, moving your life in the right direction, and you're going with it. And who knows right. where it's going to turn out? Yeah, I, um, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that you made a really good point as well earlier with the idea of, I have a friend, his name's Cy Patty. Cy, if you're listening, you're loved, brother. Um, he has this saying, which is, um, don't let your nine to five use you, use your nine to five. And mm -hmm. he loves the nine to five. He loves knowing yeah. that he gets off at the same time every day. He can work his life around it. He wakes up at 4.30. Literally, first thing he does is drinks like half a gallon of water or something like that. <laughs> <It's> a ridiculous <laughs> amount of water. Um, wow. You know, he gets his workout in. He gets his food in, et cetera, et cetera. He spends his day, you know, going to work. And then he's back to sleep by like around nine. And he loves his schedule. He's got it so set out and... He, um, he loves what he does for work. He loves the fact that he has a schedule and that is his dive. And that is living the best life. And his passion is being played out. He gets to invest. And so I think you made a really good point there um, about just kind of, you know, re that recognition of, okay, mm -hmm. let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You don't have to decide, Hey, I'm, I'm moving to Kuwait next year <laughs> because of the fact yeah. that, things aren't going right. I have to take this huge dive. Sometimes it's just moving a little bit in, in a direction that, you know, the arrow is right. Exactly. I mean, just don't be afraid to change it up. I feel like life is, is too short to stay in the same place voluntarily um, and not just try something else. Even mm -hmm. if it's a, a salary job that you don't like in a certain industry, switch up industries. Maybe your skills are more better suited for the marketing side instead of the strategy side, or you get my point. Just try something else. I truly feel if you try different things and you give them a good shot, eventually you're going to find something that tickles your fancy <laughs> the way you put it. Um, and <laughs> I love that phrase. The, I love it. Yeah, me too. Have you, uh, have you ever seen Zootopia? Oh my gosh. I feel like I've seen the trailer, but no, I have not. Uh -oh. the, uh, the the main song in their soundtrack is by Shakira. I'm admittedly uh -huh. such a big Shakira fan. Uh, not unashamed to admit it. Um, nice. Yeah. While I've been in Nashville, there's like a week where all, the only person I listened to was Shakira. Um, and really? there's a song called <laughs> Try Everything that she wrote that's in that. And uh, I'm writing it down. There it is. There it is. If you take nothing else from the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Try everything. Try everything. <laughs> And then do that, then do that. So going back to you, Justice, I want to know, once you made that jump and you started um, and you started working in real estate, right? Like at, at mm -hmm. first, it's not just like instant of um, you're, you're on the grind and everything. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. a seamless transition. What was that transition kind of like? You know, you've done 
Yeah. You know, you went from college to you're, you're trying to look for these one jobs. You, you finally do find a job during COVID. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you love, you, you enjoy the company. It's just not your fit. There's nothing against the yeah. company for some people. They love it. And then you kind of exactly. go into this new thing and you know, how did you know? Okay. Yeah. This, this is a little bit in the right direction. Your body already felt it, but now you're feeling it. I'm so glad you asked because so there's a little bit of overlap between when I was at my nine to five full time in finance and when I actually had already passed my real estate license and was kind of loading up on that end. Mm -hmm. Um, And during that overlap, essentially what I was doing, and this is why I knew it was moving in the right direction is because on a typical day, man, I would be exhausted after the end of my, my nine to five job. I mean, like just mentally, not physically, obviously, but just like mentally, like I'd be ready to escape, whether that be through video games, like just hanging out with friends, family, food, whatever. Um, I was just ready to do something else. And I'm like, okay, this can't be good. Um, (laughs) And once the real estate ball game came to play, like I said, when there was a little bit of overlap there, the days that I would usually just clock out at 4.35, call it a day, chill and start the process at 8 a.m. the next day, I would be willingly spending my time, you know, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., damn near midnight, and I didn't have to. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I have a bookshelf over here filled with real estate books. I don't know how well you know me, but that is not normal. (laughs) It's not normal at all. I think in all of UCLA, I really hope my professors aren't listening to this. I don't think I read one book cover to cover. Not one. No Not one. Not one. I'm, I don't know if I should be, even, I, I'm cool with admitting this. I don't really care. Um, hey, you yeah, graduated. Cover, they cover. can't take it back. Exactly. <laughs> but back I was just, hey, with those textbooks, I would get the main idea. I would pull, maybe like for English, I'd pull like a dozen quotes that sounded good and I could mm-hmm. just construct an argument. That's all it is. Constructing an, your, your argument and backing it up and writing something good and sounding smart. That's mm-hmm. what it was. But in terms of getting back on topic, um, yeah, that was one of the signs there. I was like, wow, this is definitely in the right direction because I was putting in that extra work late at night, willingly and happily. And that still proves true today. So it's 6.30 my time right now after this. If I were in that previous situation in finance, I'd be clocked out. I'm like, I'll get dinner after like, this. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. But after this podcast that I shoot with you right now, I got stuff to do. I got clients to serve. I got people to help. I got things to learn. And it's like not even like it's stressful in a sense of like, yeah, like I, I want to do this work, but it's also, you know, a breath of fresh air because like, man, I feel confident about my future. And that makes me feel a lot better than my previous situation. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting because you feel more confident about your future, despite the fact that it's mm-hmm. not actually laid out as clearly. Oh, no, no. I have no idea how exactly it will look like, like. I have no idea what my exact income will be 365 days from now. It's crazy, but it's almost interesting because it lights a fire. And that's a whole separate podcast right there is like the concept of not guaranteed income, motivating people specifically in our generation. I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to go there, but there's certain types of people that not like they're bare minimum workers but like they'll do just enough to not get fired but like they won't go above and beyond because like they're 
dollars per hour isn't worth above and beyond. They get paid the same no matter if they go 150% or mm -hmm. 100%. Does right. that make sense? But in this sort of job, it's really like, hey, if you're lazy, you're, you're going to be broke, you know? Right. You can't, there's no room for laziness. So I was never lazy. I've never been a lazy worker, but I've seen a new part of me that I've never seen before, just being in the situation where things aren't guaranteed and handed out every two right. weeks in the form yeah. of a paycheck. Bringing it back in terms of economics, your utility is higher if you work longer. Um, exactly. At many jobs, when it's just salary, your utility isn't higher if, if I were, you know, if somebody were, is on a salary job and they work 40 mm -hmm. hours, or they work 60 hours, they're getting paid the same. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So again, not hating on the salary jobs, plenty of people. Hey, there's a great chance I could have found, stumbled across a salary job that was great and worked with me. It just didn't happen to work out my first try. So now I'm here and I think I'm happy where I'm at. Um, but yeah, there's just certain situations that you know you're in the right direction and then there's certain ones where you kind of get this feeling that you know time's passing by but mm -hmm. your chart isn't moving at all in terms of happiness you know confidence self-confidence in your future and and those sorts of things right it makes me think of the song by pink floyd called time um mm -hmm. there's a specific line that he says no one told you when to run you missed the starting gun right and wow you're just kind of all these song recommendations, I'm writing oh, this down too. There it Let's is. Go. There it is. I'm in Music City, baby. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, man. That's, you know, so out of curiosity, um, mm -hmm. I know this wasn't the only reason, but was there something within you that wanted a job that wasn't salary? Did you recognize that? Or was it kind of like you, you started and this was just like an added perk of, oh my God, I love that this isn't salary. A little bit of both. Um, to be honest, I have like really high expectations for myself and what I want to provide for my future family. And I'm like so grateful, honestly, because people like yourself and like all my closest friends from like kindergarten, like they're so damn supportive and they have like big expectations for me. They're like, we know justice is going to kill it. Like we know this, we're going to do great things. I've been told that for quite some time and like it's great and all, but like at the last, it, no, it's not great and all, it's great, period. Um, what I mean by that is that at my last job at the, in the finance nine to five, like all those encouraging words would just echo in my head. Like everybody having these high expectations. I'm like, Oh shoot, dude. Like I'm not going to live up to what everybody is hoping for me. If I'm in this situation, like not a chance, like max, I look at like my five-year path, like at that previous situation and it wasn't, wasn't looking good. Um, so I know like if I put in the work and I just keep on learning, be the best professional I can be, that's going to better my chances of, you know, making everybody around me who's supporting me, you know, worthwhile. Cause I, I don't want to let them down, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that something sense. that was, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think no, something that was interesting that you, that you mentioned before, um, mm -hmm. about when you recognized it was right. And this is kind of a running theme that I'm, I'm finding with everybody who is figuring out their right path, right? Even with me sitting yeah. right now on this podcast, like I 
got done with work. I was all excited. Remember, it's like nine o'clock here. I'm like all excited. I'm like, yeah, get on this podcast. Let's make it happen. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. And uh, with you, the fact that you got off, like got off of work, you were like, what do I want to do now? I want to study, like, which is most <laughs> people is, be yeah. like, are you serious? You're insane. Um, mm-hmm. Did you kind of, uh, well, I, I guess I'd want to say this first, but I found that people who are getting ready to take these dives um, mm-hmm. or may- maybe it's not even like a big dive where you have to leave what you had before. Right. Like you said, there's a little bit sure. of overlap period. Um, I found that whatever it is that you want to do, whenever it is that you got done with what you aren't passionate about, what you aren't extremely about passionate about, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you want to do after that, you can monetize anything. Yes. That's the thing that you should be trying to monetize. That's oh the my thing gosh. that you should make your job. I, I'm, can I interrupt you right there? Go for it. I'm done. Dude. I was on this um, listing appointment just, what was it, on a Saturday. So working on Saturdays, of course, mm-hmm. doing what you love. And I met with this really cool dude. Um, he has this 12-acre parcel out here. I actually don't want to disclose the location, but really nice um, piece of land. <laughs> and, Everybody's uh, going to be at his house next week. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> um, hey, if anything, but, you're getting them listings, bro. There you go. Yeah, the, last, the thing that struck my um, attention when you said that was this man is a businessman and in terms of monetizing on anything like he was talking about he showed me his um homemade compost um business and like it's like the most random thing right like if you're at ucla and then someone's like oh i'm again to the compost business you get you get laughed at but like he was explaining it in depth on like okay here's the structure on here's what it costs we actually do the uh, the farm next door to us a favor by transporting all the manure. And we're pretty much using their supply for free to supply our compost. And we're doing them a favor at no cost, getting tens of thousands of dollars worth of raw materials, composting it. And then he's like showing the process and then how he's outsourcing it to these people. And it, long story short, extremely profitable business just using your damn head and thinking out the box and not being so tied up on what society forces you to do. Right. Same thing, met another blueberry farmer. Like it's like literally do what you want to do, be good at it and you can make a living. I, I really do believe that. I mean, unless you're like an underwater basket weaver and passionate about that, you know, like I'm not sure if there's much money in that, my guy, but right. uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, that, that was really eye-opening. I learned so much on on these different appointments, on people's points of view, their perspectives, and you know, just seeing this guy so passionate about farming and sustainability and what he wanted to see. And I'm like, wow, like that's really powerful and impressive. Right. And you know, even even taking it back just a second to underwater mm-hmm. basket weaving. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy because now with, with TikTok, with, um, you know, all, all of the social media marketing, like, yeah, remember, there was a guy who became extremely famous for the way mm-hmm. that he seasoned his steak. I like, know Salt Bay. Is that his name? Oh, exactly. I don't even have to tell you who it is. You, you are yeah. called Salt Guy. Like there he is. Exactly. And everybody knows it. Right. Anything that you want to do. Like you can monetize. Somebody could go on TikTok and literally just start weaving baskets yeah. underwater. 
and I guarantee exactly you start collabing with people, teaching them how to underwater basket weave, then you know affiliate marketing, brand deals. Now they're six figure earner first year underwater basket weaving. Exactly. Literally exactly. something. You're right. I take that back. You know that that might be my next venture. <laughs> That's there. It is there. It is. You're gonna you're gonna go out to people and you're gonna be like, oh, so you uh you do manure farms, huh? Um, well, I've got this underwater basket weaving. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got this plant. Uh, yeah, man, it, it's it's so eye opening. Um, for me, the the moment that I kind of realized it, I was at a hockey game not too long ago. Uh, it was the mm-hmm. last game of the season. It was the Nashville Predators against the Carolina okay. Hurricanes in Nashville. And wow. it was it was a really historic night because Pekka Rene, um, he is he's the goalie for Nashville. Now he's the backup goalie. But mm-hmm. he um, he was for a really long time the starting goalie. And he got to play on the last night. He became the 19th most winningest goalie in the over 100 years that there's been the NHL. Um, and you know, I was, I was watching him as he skated around and he's got this big smile on his face and everybody's cheering him on. He also pitched a shutout out that night. So it was lit. Um, and I was like, this guy plays hockey. Like he plays a game. Like that's what he does. Not only does Mm -hmm. he play a game, he gets paid millions of dollars every (laughs) single year to travel all over the country all over the world during like the Olympic season. Yes. And then just to, to play a game. And you know what? That's great. Finish your thought though. I have something to say after that. Yeah, no, go ahead. Are you sure? I, all I was going to say is he, all he does is play a game. It, you yeah. can monetize anything. 100%. And that brought um, an idea about what I spoke with another, um, you know, entrepreneurial minded friend. And we were talking about jobs and whatnot. And, you know, it's great for those individuals who can just do what they love and then just right from there start making money in terms of like, you know, whether it be a musician, a athlete and whatnot. Is it realistic for all 7.9 or how many ever billion people are on the earth to get that? No, but at least in the United States, my personal take is that if you want to, if you're really serious about making your passion profitable, then a job, whether you're passionate about it or not, doesn't matter. A job is necessary. And that actually, you know, was true for me as well, because the year that I put in in finance, um, essentially what it did was it allowed me to save up as much money as possible to where now year two, I'm pursuing my what? My passion. So I wouldn't have been able to do that year one with, you know, less money to my name and it'd be a little bit more risky, but now I have, you know, a little bit of room to breathe financially and I can afford to not make a penny for the next six months and be okay, if that makes sense. So what I told my buddy, and I'll say this as well, I'm going to get your thoughts on it, is that you don't necessarily have to be passionate about your job, but you can certainly be passionate about what your job allows or what it mm. yields in terms of opportunity or future opportunity there. So I would just encourage anybody listening who's in that situation, who has goals, but they feel kind of stuck, just have like your eye on the prize, you know, like understand that this is temporary and then this is a necessary stepping stone to push the arrow in the right direction. You know, the arrow can't just go into the right direction magically. There has to be some sacrifice there. So 
think of whatever your situation you're in currently if you want to get out of it as a short-term sacrifice and as long as you're like focused on what you want to do right the days don't really feel so dreadful because you're like oh, okay like i'm doing this to do this you know you're you're, right. you're thinking about the cookie at the end of the string instead of you know what's actually happening at the present right. day i think yeah. that's a really good point i have um a really close friend of mine um her name is sienna cronin and mm -hmm. she we were on the phone one time and she was talking with her professor where she was talking about an earlier conversation she had with one of her professors and she mentioned that her professor said, honestly, when people come out of college, you're going to be mm -hmm. so stressed about whatever it is that you're doing. And you're going to be asking yourself over and over, is this the right thing? Yeah. And more likely than not, it's not. <laughs> it's, you know, you're, you're just taking a dive. That's right funny, off yeah. More likely than not, it kind of misses, right? Yeah. That being said, she said, her professor said, find something that gives you a comfortable life, enough life mm -hmm. where you can find what it is that you love and have time to do that. And that kind of there builds on what you were just saying a moment ago, right? Like, I think that um, the entire, like the point in which I was like, I want to start this podcast is I was mm -hmm. at a moment in my life where I was, I didn't see an arrow, right? At all. Sure. To bring it back to the metaphor. And yeah, let's do it. Yeah, just I, I couldn't see it anywhere. Any direction that I looked in, I was like, what am I even passionate about? Like, I, nothing came to mind. I literally mm -hmm. just blanked every time. And, um, you know, it, that was a really scary feeling. But at, at the very least, yes. I was comfortable or I, I am comfortable enough to find that and to, um, you know, and I, I work hard at what it is that I'm doing and I, I do my best. And I'm very proud of the company that I work for, um, mm -hmm. of my team there. They're incredible. Um, and, and who they serve and what they do. I am so glad that I have the opportunity to look around and, um, who knows, maybe, maybe I even fall in love with it in a different capacity. Right. Yep. Today I had a talk with my boss in which, she was like, how do we make sure that this is fitting what you want more? And so even within what wow. you're doing, you can find ways to make it kind of more along your lines of, of life. So I think that's a really yeah. good point. And admittedly, in the, in the last few times, conversations that I've had with people, they're diving into things that are, um, you know, likely that they're not going to have a huge income as they start to dive into it right it's um sure. things like going you like going and playing at local venues um mm -hmm. in nashville and they're incredible right i know people who are definitely yeah. gonna blow up there's not a doubt in my mind um yet it takes time and so you know if if you make that dive today and uh, you know it, make it smart do it in a smart way um I know a guy, uh, yeah, he's one of, on my, one of my previous episodes, Paul Gordon, who was an electrical engineer for like six years before he was like, okay, now I can officially part with that um, mm -hmm. in a clever way where I have money saved up. And so I think that's a good point is it's not just because of the fact that you haven't taken that step today, it doesn't mean that you can't 
that you're not moving towards it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm curious, I don't know if, I don't think we've touched on this yet. I want to ask you first, if you don't mind, is the idea of motivation and where does motivation tie into all of this, like finding your passion, but how about just like your source of motivation to even find your passion? Does that make sense? Have you, have you thought about that or um, I'll I'll give my two cents afterwards, but I'm curious to see what what you have to say on that. Yeah. Um, You know, in doing a lot of reading and um, speaking with a lot of people, because that's, that's kind of where I was as well um, with, I guess, motivation of even finding your passion. That's an interesting way to ask it. I, I, it's staring at the wall at the end or at the ceiling at the end of every night mm-hmm. and wondering, am I a step closer? Um, yep. Stepping into, you know, going to brush your teeth and every day asking yourself, am I a better person than I was yesterday? And it's crazy because when I was in high school, when I was in college, it was always so easy to answer that question because it was like, go to the gym, study a little bit, get good grades, you know, hang out with your friends. Boom. You got it. Nailed it. Like say less. That's life. (laughs) That's it. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Let's, let's move on. And then I started in the working world and I was like, okay, work hard at your job, get good reviews, go to the gym, eat healthy, spend quality time with friends, read, meditate, boom, Mm -hmm. you got it. And upon moving to Nashville, I was doing that and I was feeling really good. And then one night I went to bed and I looked at the ceiling and I was like, I'm, I am not any steps closer. I was like, "I've I've done it all. Like on my calendar, I have a little section where I write Mm. down everything that I do every single day on my calendar. Like I'll just fill it in at the end real fast. It's just like one word, like teeth, bed, shower, work, et cetera. Uh, Like today it'll be like podcast. Um, Yep. And then I have like a little thing like of quality time with others, exercise, meditation, reading, et cetera, where I've got like tallies of how many days out of the month I do that. And the month of April, Oh my God, I was on a roll. I went to the gym literally more than a month straight in a row with no rest days. I was like, I'll walk on the treadmill as my rest day, like, but I'm getting into the gym. I read every wow. day, meditated every day. And I was like, I'm, I, one day I, I went to brush my teeth and I asked myself, am I a better person today than I was yesterday? And the answer was no. And that was really, really alarming because everything on paper I was but the answer was no. And that's when I was like, there's something else to it that I'm missing. And so same question to you. I'd like to get your thoughts kind of what, what is it that motivates you even now, right? Like we both mm-hmm. are, I think on a better path than we were a couple yeah. months ago, but we're still kind of searching for it. What kind of motivates you? In exactly. that way? I like your response, by the way, um, in terms of, the fuel right that that gets your fire going the reason behind all this and you know why persevere right like what's the whole point at all i think for different people there's different things um for example like if we're going to go back to the caveman days to go way back there's no such thing as like oh like i'm not motivated it's just like 
survival, right? You know, they right. had to work because they needed to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then maybe a more realistic example nowadays is for, you know, families that are a little less fortunate and, you know, financially strapped and, and whatnot. So say, for example, if I came from one of those families, I love my family. So if we were in that sort of situation, that would be my all day, everyday motivation is like, I need to get me and my family the hell out of this situation because that's unacceptable. And I just want to work to help them. I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to help them. Um, you know, my personal situation, and obviously I think it goes without saying that I'm eternally grateful for it because I cannot complain at all. Loving family, supportive, the whole nine, right? The only, I guess, not dark, but con of that situation is that I feel like most people's motivation, not most people, but a big source of motivation could be like, if you had a kid, like, oh, like I'm gonna provide for my kid. Or if you have a family that you want to provide for, oh, I'm gonna provide for my family. That's like big time stuff. Um, But when my family, you know, my parents are doing very well and they've taught me and loved me my whole life. My brother's doing very well. It's almost like, when I hit that spot, especially, um, you know, with, with finance and not kind of being lost, you know, um, it's like you, you hit a, a moment where you're like, damn, dude, like everybody is good without me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not to get on some depressing type beat, but like, I, I thought like, what's the point? Like everybody is good without me. My parents are doing good. My brother's doing good. My friends are killing it. Like, why do I, well, like, what's the, what's the point in, in going so hard and pursuing all these things? And then I think that's luckily, luckily, man, really, it just, the arrow stumbled upon me. And it goes back to what you're saying is that that's how I was like feeling when the arrow was going in the wrong direction. It's really, really horrible stuff. Um, but when the light at the tunnel came up and, you know, you're, you're feeling that you're doing something better, you can't quantify it you don't you can't um say like okay this is my exact source of motivation but like somewhere along the lines like when you're when you feel the arrow moving in the right direction it's just it's not tangible but for some reason you're just like i don't know what this is but i'm chasing it and then obviously you know i have goals in terms of like what i want for my future family and the lifestyle i want with me and my friends to have and whatnot but like just real deeper than that, um, really, really just looking at it and and saying if the arrow is moving in the right direction, that in itself is is good enough motivation for me. And um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I haven't, I don't really have like one specific answer. Like, oh, my motivation is this, my motivation is that. It's just like a feeling that I have. And if you're if you're feeling it, then good. And if you're not, you know try to figure out a way to to get out of it because um i know how you know sometimes a lot of people our age too understandably are lost and um you know it's it's really important just to try to get out of that that mindset you know mm-hmm. i love that and i think that i think you have a really good point with respect to that feeling of nobody needs me right now um, yeah yeah it's a depressing like line but you get what i mean though right yeah like, you know and and there's <clears throat> i've read this a couple different 
places. Um, there's mm-hmm. a book by a woman named Jen, and I cannot think of her last name right now. Um, okay. I will shout her out by the end of the podcast. Literally, her book is right up there. <laughs> I think it's Jen Soros, um, but it's called You okay. Are a Badass. Um, B-A-D-A, mm-hmm. star, star, as it were. Um, there you go. And I thought when I first picked it up, I thought it was You Are a Bada. And I was like, what's a Bada? And then I bought it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, I see you. I see you. Um, yeah, that was a moment of uh, silly gooseness. Um, there you go. And there are other books. Like um, there's this book by Robert Greene called Mastery that I've read. Um, there's a book called The Way of the Superior Man by David Dida. There's Wayne Dyer's mm-hmm. Your Erroneous Zones. And they talk about being the person that the world needs you to be, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting getting to that point and looking around and being like, well, nobody needs me right now. And we're, we're very fortunate yeah. at, at the lifestyle that we have. And there are obviously people in situations where having a job is just what, the, what their world needs. Um, Absolutely. Where we're at, being the person that the world needs us to be is the, you're right. Being the person that is taking that step in the right direction, right? Um, if you had asked Steve Jobs, no individual was ever like, we need the iPhone. Okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have the iPhone. We're screwed. Like this is it. Exactly. It's but the, the person that the world needed him to be was just somebody who was inquisitive and had this really big desire for producing this object that everybody would hold in their hands. And he literally transformed the world. Nobody was telling Mike, Mark Zuckerberg, Hey buddy, like we're we so need screwed if you don't make Facebook right now, have you seen the way that the world had to function for the last, you know, <laughs> Over 365 million years. I can't remember what the exact, we were in astrobiology. I should mm-hmm. remember what, 8.4 billion years or something like that. Uh, yeah, um, there's, there's different theories, but really long time ago. Yeah, there's, there's somebody is going to like come on and just blast me. They're going to be like 8.4, <laughs> this plan, it's 8.6. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that is who the world needs. And so mm-hmm. um, it, it's interesting that it's in those moments where, because I also recognized a little bit um, in my, in the podcast with Paul last week, um, he was saying how he wanted to go to a recording studio and he was finding friends to do it with and nobody would do it because nobody really needed to go to that recording studio. But what the world needed of him and who he needed to be was somebody who would take that dive on his own. Um, And I find that that's often when people are truly performing their passions is when, when there's no spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just them. The the world needs it. The world calls it instead. And so um, I think that that's really cool that you understood the jump that you had to take, even if it was just a really small nagging voice from, you know, the back of your head that was just kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, dad's been doing it. We did. It seems very interesting that dad's doing it. Let's just pick up a book. And then boom, like all of a sudden, boom, there you there are. It is. I'm leaving my job, I'm going into real estate. I'm going on 12 acre farms and talking about compost all day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was quite the switch up. And I think one of the things that made it a tad easier, because, you know, I'm more on the risk averse side of things. I like, you know, hedging my bets, making sure things are planned out accordingly, not being too risky. Um, one of the things that made it a little easier was just having that mindset of 
I could always go back to what I was doing mm. before. Mm. And if there's any time to do it in terms of not having a girlfriend, um, or at least anytime soon, um, no family of my own. I mean, obviously I have family. Um, those sorts of responsibilities, no like major life bills. Um, it's just time. It's time to take the risk. You know, I gave myself a certain amount of time that I have in my head just to go 150%. And if it if I'm not where I'm at in that certain period of time, I can go back. It's like literally I can go back. But the last thing I'm going to do is play it safe my whole damn life and then look down five, six years from now and be like, what would you have, where would you have been if you'd have had a little bit of guts, you know? Yeah. I would rather make a mistake than just play it safe. You think about it, people seldom regret the things that they do. Yeah. It's usually what they don't That's do. That's so they true. Do. That's you know? so true. There's so many times when I didn't have the guts to go up and speak with somebody. And then I realized like afterwards, like, why didn't I just do it? Like, you know, like right. who cares, you know, stuff like that. I mean, obviously not just with people, but yeah, this was a big one, like a big life event where tossing and turning in bed, like taking like hours to go to sleep. And I'm like, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to say goodbye to a salary? Am I really going to, you know, Killed, you know, there's some ego at play too, just natural human instinct that, you know, graduating from UCLA, he quit his job first year, like, what will other people think of me? All these like racing thoughts that came to my head. But at the end of the day, all of those were not nearly as bad as that projected guilt I had in my head, you know, five, six years down the road of not ever taking a risk in my life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, welcome back to our, to our listeners. I know, uh, just so you know, I did let justice finish his phrase right there. My computer was about to die. Um, and I did <laughs> not want to let this quality conversation because I am loving it so far. Um, Me too. A waste. Um, I think that, um, my, my memory admittedly is blanking a, li- a little bit here, but I, ultimately we were just talking about the, importance of finding that arrow and and the the ability to when when you don't have anybody kind of leaning on you um as you were saying you're you're young and you have the opportunity to kind of take those risks and you don't really you don't want to be in that situation where 10 years from now you're looking back or you know even scarier 40 years from now uh you're looking back and you say to yourself you know yeah i made a lot of money even yeah i did this but what's what the grand impact that we leave on the world is not how much money, how much money you make. Right. You know, um, even people, if you think of like super rich families, right. Think of like the Vanderbilts, for example, Mm -hmm. everybody knows Vanderbilt university. Um, everybody knows, um, you know, that, that Vanderbilt was the one who made it. He also, I guess, was an inventor of some sort. I guess, no, he was a railroad mogul, uh, mogul, (laughs) um, like people know that, right? They know about the house. They even know that Anderson Cooper is somehow related to the family, right? But if you look at from Cornelius Vanderbilt down to Anderson Cooper, nobody knows anybody in between. And they all had a ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. It was those people that decided to do the scary thing and create. The guy who started from nothing and became a railroad mogul or the guy who was part of an extremely rich family that he literally could have just lived off of the trust fund for the rest of his life. 
who decided exactly. that he wanted to be a news anchor that that came to light you know yeah so, that's an impressive story yeah right most people don't know that about the old silver fox there um <laughs> most people don't know it uh, alex jones will say that he's a reptile so maybe that's how he got uh onto the news oh my but. gosh the reptilians. I'm so done with those conspiracy <laughs> theories. Uh, I've seen some pretty convincing, uh, you know, uh, YouTube videos on that, but I don't know. I think CGI is just getting a little too good to me. I, there's no way I'm accepting that. Right. Have you Have you heard recently? Apparently, I was in line at a bar. I admitted uh-huh. the other day, okay. and um, the, apparently, the UFOs have been spotted all over Southern California recently. Yes. A hundred percent. And I don't know, have you read any of the articles on like the release date of the CIA? Did you hear about that or no? Um, is this about with respect to JFK? Um, I don't know about that. That might We might have to start a new conspiracy podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of the UFOs, I know that I believe June 28th was, I think Trump sign something into action where like by a certain day like 180 days after x date you know all the agencies would have to release you know photos documentation of all recorded you know unidentified flying objects and that date is june 28th of this year in like a solid month so i don't know if it's all gonna hit the fan the month from now I don't know. Just starting my business up, I would prefer the world not to collapse, but hey, right. maybe I can pick up some properties on pennies on the dollar. I don't know. Maybe there it is. Yeah, right. When everybody else is selling, you buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just do the opposite of everybody else. Yeah. So talk to me about um, when you first entered into real estate and kind of, you know, like you're, you're, you're showing houses and talk to me about sure. the way that you felt in that, right? Like you were saying that, the, you know, the arrows in the right direction. Tell me mm-hmm. about what it feels like when you're like, Oh shoot. Like, yeah, this, this is a bit yeah. fun. It is. And I can't wait. I think open houses just opened up. Um, when I first started, they were all closed because of COVID and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that there's a lot of things, but just the vibe was right. I mean, when I pulled up, I work for Berkshire Hathaway Home Services down in La Jolla and um, beautiful ocean views. And when I just, when you just go there, you just feel that like, wow, like this is the right, the right spot to be. Um, I'm speaking with rock star agents who are killing it, you know, 20, 30 years older than me. I mean, I, I sit literally 10 feet next to the top agent in La Jolla and mm. I'm just like feel honored to be learning and just being that, having that synergy there is just astounding and then all all the great people in our office are just so um no supportive and are the big dogs are and you know everybody is just being so supportive and you know mentoring and just taking time out of their day just to ask how i am and i don't know maybe like i said there's i'm sure there are plenty of corporate environments salary jobs that foster that same sort of thing my at, at my past job, it was mostly work from home, so I didn't get that sort of environment. Maybe that would have changed things a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, I just I just feel that I'm in a in a good place, and and that was really encouraging. And even from there, I think the a big thing was too like okay, like sure you forfeited your salary, right? Now what? You get paid per transaction. Um, thankfully, fingers crossed, but you know I'm a little over a couple months in full time into it. And I'm 
hoping to secure my third listing this month, which is pretty hard in this market. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the market in general, but like inventory is at an all time low. Listings are few and far between. It's tough enough for experienced agents, let alone beginners. And Mm -hmm. I'm just really happy to, I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if it's what it is, but I feel like I'm starting off strong and I just can't, you know, wait to keep the the pedal on the metal and and produce, you know. Right. So for those who are looking into entering into real estate, how would you recommend, right? Like you're young, you're under Mm -hmm. a year in. You're in La Jolla, right? Like you're in a a beautiful area with ocean views, as you mentioned, really expensive houses. How do you kind of differentiate yourself one to get hired with Berkshire Hathaway, like, Oh, a company that nobody's <laughs> ever heard of. Right. Um, yeah. And two, nobody. To convince, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, and two, to convince um, your, your firm to let you be the one who has the listing. Absolutely. So two pronged question. I, I got, I feel like I was lucky or maybe I'm not, and it just it worked out. But pretty much how it worked with the Berkshire um, opportunity is that, and this stems from loving what you do. So even before I was full-time in real estate, um, I was a part of all these different investor clubs, real estate investing clubs. Like my current one is SDCIA, um, San Diego Creative Investors Association. And it's paid, obviously, mentorship, uh, uh, membership rather. And you know, just going the extra mile and learning and paying to learn and being a part of these rock star groups. I met someone who is a great agent at, sure enough, my office in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. And we've developed a great relationship over the last year before she even knew I was exploring agency full time. And um, sure enough, when it came to passing my my test and she's happy for me and she saw something, um, you know, whether it be my character or how I treated people or something, but she reached out and called me and said, Hey, like, would you be interested in exploring this opportunity? I'm like, heck yeah, I'd be interested in exploring, but I would love that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Um, yeah. I, I interviewed a, a few different brokerages, all were good. Um, it just stuck out. It really did. It stuck out and I felt like it was a good decision and, and here we are. And then in terms of um, the listings themselves, the brokerage has no, like, they're not the ones feeding me, like, the deals. They're all sourced for myself. So they're mm. happy the more I get, whether it be in La Jolla, like a nice area, whether it be in Marietta, whether it be in Vista, anywhere. Like, the more I produce, the more money they get. Um, right. So that's how that works. But I think in terms of getting the clients to actually work with you, like this young schmuck, you know, who does he think he is trying to list my house? you know um, this is actually really interesting because I actually do indeed believe that UCLA plays a a decent role in Mm. in how I've been successful so far and I'm I'm not saying oh I'm successful you know I'm saying but like I feel like I've you know I'm I'm doing well like my first couple months I think the ball's moving in the right direction and I think a large part of that is due to UCLA um when I'm competing with other people who have been 10, 20, 30 years in the industry, um, I feel like I'm just getting the two that I have landed so far is just because, you know, they might see something, they want to give the younger kid a chance. They're like, oh, maybe 
maybe they're impressed and their daughter wants to go to UCLA and this kid mm-hmm. went to UCLA and something. But like, I, I do think that there's, there's value there in the prestigious education. Not sure if it's worth, put it this way, I don't think it'll pay off um, directly in terms of, you know, if you get a UCLA education, economics degree, you can command a decent, you know, salary job in finance and get the ROI in, you know, two years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like that in a commission structure job where you don't have a salary, but um, I do believe it'll pay off way more indirectly through, you know, the alumni network, through friends who I've made really great relationships with who, guess what, are rock stars. They're going to be doctors, lawyers, dentists, engineers, all these people I've actually made great genuine relationships with. I have a hunch that we're going to be end up working together throughout our lifetime if they decide mm-hmm. to move to Southern California. Um, and that, that'll in itself would pay for the UCLA education. And then there's the people who are marginally attached between decisions, right? Between someone like me and then another person. And then maybe they're on the fence and they're like, okay, he's educated. We'll go with him. We'll give him a shot. Right. Right those sorts of things. So I'm very grateful for my education. I got it. I know um, the podcast doesn't have, you know, um, camera, but you know, you see the the degree right up on my wall, right next to my office. I I proudly rep the Bruins. I'm super appreciative of my time there and my parents for, you know, sacrificing so much um, to make, make it happen really. Cause I'm not sure how things would have panned out otherwise. Um, Yeah. Right. I think um, I think another good point that you're making there is in pursuing your passions and trying to make them work for you. Right. You you have to be able to understand how to have your past experiences work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe when you're trying to look for a job with Berkshire Hathaway, you're able to say, well, I understand, you know, finance and economics. Right. Like I do know how money works. I'm, if you hit oh, me yeah. with the number three percent, I'm not going to get all scared with you know, and, and run away and be like, oh my God, what's happening? Or if you yep. want to talk about taxes and the tax effects, I'm not going to be like, who is this? You what's know? that? Yeah. Right. Um, if you tell me that pricing is, you know, pr- first and foremost, there's um, not a lot of supply in the market right now. So pricing is probably going to go a bit up. I'm not going to be like, oh, why? That makes no sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, even taking it one step further. Who knows? Maybe one of these days and it's not like we have a small alumni network. You're going to be looking around and somebody goes, where did you go to school? And you say UCLA and they're like, Oh, what year? Yeah, exactly. What year? Boom. Enough said. And whenever somebody gets to the what year portion of the conversation, you're friends. (laughs) You're absolute friends. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly, man. I think that ultimately it's it's been really interesting to hear about, you know, the, the dive that you've taken and, um, in, in a way that you had such a good secure job with, with a good salary, a clear mm-hmm. path, right? If you stick with the finance yeah. company for 10 years, you're going to have, you know, it'd be solid. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're, I mean, you'd probably be pushing six, like past six figs at that point, maybe, you know, getting up near the 180, 280 point with the company. Um, you've got a nice salary. You, you know, how many hours you're working benefits, benefits and you know where your next paycheck when your next paycheck is coming and i love hearing about the fact that although there are all those things um 
it just didn't seem right. And that didn't mean that you immediately were just like, screw it. Like you, you just said, I'm diving into the oblivion and we'll see what happens. You waited for this arrow to kind of appear and you knew it was somewhere, right? And like you said, like this has been in the back of your mind for quite some time. You knew that you wanted to, something mm. was telling you, hey, maybe, you know, going into real estate is the answer. And so you take it, you take that dive and as scary as it is, you recognize that as you're starting to take the dive, whatever it was, whenever you got off of work at the finance company, what it was right after work that you wanted to do is the dive that you took. And that kind of answered for who you were. And so I guess ultimately I, I'm so one, so proud of you, Justin. It's like oh, man. friend to friend. I'm so proud of you for making this jump. And, Thank you, and man. two, I just want to know for, for our listeners out there, if you had one minute to tell them about that, right? Like just a one minute summary of this is what I went through, or maybe just, this is what it feels like. This is how you know it's right. What would you tell them? Man, to summarize our whole hour podcast in a minute, I would just say, be honest with yourself, listeners. Um, you know, for those of you who don't have it all figured out, it is 100% okay. You know, Corey doesn't have it 100% figured out. I don't have it 100% figured out. Um, really just be honest with yourself and then answer the question, are you moving in the right direction? And then work towards that. No one's going to have it figured out um, before it even happens. That's what makes life interesting. And um, just have faith, keep persevering, and um, you know, be, surround yourself with people who also have faith in you because that's, that's a big um, motivator for me. And um, best of luck. Don't have any regrets. No regrets. Even you know, the We're the Millers family, not even a letter. <laughs> Please tell me you know that line. Uh, Wait, what? Not even it. a letter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's this comedy, We're the Millers, um, and Scotty P, he has no regrets. He's some thug, and he has the no regrets tattoo, and it's misspelled, and the dude's like, not even a letter? <laughs> like, not even a letter of regret? <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure your audience will know, but that's, that's a, essentially it. No regrets, live life to the fullest, and work hard, and enjoy. Enjoy there the journey. So Justice Rogers, I want to thank you so much for coming on again. Um, once you, again, sir. Justice Rogers is somebody who started off in finance and decided to take the jump into real estate. He currently is a real estate agent with the Berkshire Hathaway firm in La Jolla, California. Um, I will make yeah. sure to go ahead and post his, a link to his website in, um, in the podcast description. So whether or not you're sure. just looking to think of your dream house and check out some ocean views or you're considering buying a house, make sure to reach out to Justice, somebody who obviously is going to work hard for you because of the fact that you know that it's what he loves to do. And uh, That's beautiful, man. Thank you. Of course, man. Justice, do you have any social media that you want to tell people about or anything of that sort? Um, mostly active on, actually, I'm not active really on anything, but yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram, just search up Justice Rogers. You should be able to find me. Um, but yeah, that, those are the main two. And I just want to say, Corey, thank you so much, man. Um, really impressed with what you got going on over here with the podcast and, and doing what you love. Always respectable. Um, know you're going to continue to crush it. And shoot, my goal is to just keep on working hard that I can make trips to Nashville at the snap of a finger and visit people <laughs> like you, man, because I really do love spending time with people like you and, and you're really good uh, to hang around, good energy and 
and the world needs more of it. So thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Um, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording now.